I'm ready to rock, Angela. Where you want me? Man, it's touch and go. It's touch and go. What is up? <laughs> we are back. The Guild Playlist, my people. Listen, it's an overcomplicated game, but in season of me, it's real simple. We pick a freaking banger. We listen to it front to back, and then we vote. And here we're here to figure out exactly what are the best songs on Taylor Swift's Red. So, my friends, who's here this week? Raise your hand. Say your voice. Oh, over there, I see somebody. It's oh. Uncle Brent. What's up, What's Brent? up? How are you, Ryan? Good to be Not here. Not too bad. I understand you uh, You were the one that subbed this album, my guy. Is that true? Uh, I think you know it's true because you sent me a text like three weeks ago. Brent, need an album of meat right now. <laughs> That's right. <And> so like, <laughs> I'm scrambling. Big planner. Yeah. I look up. Big plan. Yeah, you're a big planner. I'm scrambling. I do a quick Google search of top 100 all-time albums. I start at the bottom so as not to be totally obnoxious. I blow by Black, Back in Black, and a couple others that felt like maybe... And then, boom, there's Red, like, in the 74 slot. I'm like, no way, really? That's a great album. So it occurs to me that maybe we got a Goldilocks thing going on in our family. Maybe Brent is the perfect Goldilocks, like, it actively knows how to plan and do things. I'm the under-planning, spontaneous guy, and mm -hmm. Bert is the insane, I'm going to make up like a, like a, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fly to Salt Lake, but I'm going to do it through Grand Junction to North Dakota, back over, I might pick up a rental car and drive that down to California at some point. You guys are going to have so, to play this at the family reunion so that everybody else is laughing as much as you guys are right now. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, that mm -hmm. other voice, hey, it's producer Luke. What's up, Luke? How do you do, fellow kids? It's good to be here. I've listened to a whole bunch of Taylor, and uh, here's my, my... Oh, we, I had a drop for Brent. Here's Brent's drop. It's last minute, but Brent called me. And uh, <laughs> here's mine. You can't say fluke without F Luke, right? Through <laughs> that. Oh, my goodness. Hey, over there in that other corner, it's a guy in Atlanta. What's up, Blake? Oh, what's up, Uncle Loves? We're back, and I'm feeling Where back. is Balaka yet? I'm right here. Hello. You guys, everybody clear the floor because there is a late entry into the pod. Oh. Mm. It is the much-needed feminine voice. Bring in the feminine <laughs> oh. energy. This this pod is sorely lacked for freaking three years. It's my beloved niece, Katie Dover. The Dover Takeover. What's up, Katie? Wow. Dover Takeover. Hello. Am I the first woman on the pod? No. 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 But just, you know. Yeah. Most of them are related to us well, is what it comes down to. Yeah. That's okay. I'm I'm glad to bring a you know a switch up in energy is what I'm here for. Mm -hmm. Thrilled to be here. Katie also has a drop. Here you go. Casey, Kit Kat, my sister. There you go. That's a great <laughs> movie. Excellent movie. Good good eye. Um and Lubs, who are you? <laughs> oh, I'm Lubs. What's up, everybody? MC Lubs, MC Strut. You know how it goes. What's, What's the up? matter with you, lovers? Yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm. Love it. Surprised that uh, the lovers' kids, the next generation, are just rolling with the lovers' name after I honestly flirted with uh, just switching it up completely at some point. <laughs> what what was like on the Hollywood list? Name. I don't know, like freaking Ryan Lightning Bolt or something like that. That'd be cool. <laughs> mm -hmm. Just back the ton, of, ton of people named Lightning Bolt. Yeah, that you would have fit right in. Website. Get some like 21st <laughs> century name. Yeah. Matrix. There you go. 
consult consult Ryan the Discord, Matrix, baby. Mm-hmm. Just just keep watching it, uh, NFL games, see uh, or NCAA football games, see who's the latest. Uh, whatever. Anyways, listen, Katie. Let me ask you this, Katie, because we want to start with you. Taylor Swift's Red come out. What, what year did that come out, guys? Two thousand twelve. Uh, Two thousand twelve. How old are you in two thousand twelve, Katie? I was twelve. Twelve years old. Just just turned twelve when it came out. Yes. Okay, so you're, you... you're 10 years behind Taylor because it's very obvious that she was 22 when she wrote this album. What correct? tipped you off Correct. to that, yeah. Luke? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> what could it possibly be? Just kidding. We'll, we'll say that for uh, later. We will definitely <laughs> say that. Katie, what, at this point, are you already into Taylor? Like, where is she in her career oh, and yeah. where are you in your fandom? Give us a sense. Uh, fandom the wise, I'm like the, the deepest in I have ever been. And probably will ever be that was my ultra 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 fangirl era um okay. i've been listening to taylor since i was six and she released her debut album oh. um and yeah so I, I i started very young um got super into red when and saw her live twice when she was on that tour courtesy of my father thank you dad uh and yeah, so this is a this is a very important album to me because it represents my ultra I love Taylor Swift era. Like your first album that you were really into of all albums in the world, or this one kind of rose no, to the top? No, but this this one rose to the top for me at the time. This right. was very important to me. And yeah. it also, Katie, I think, was kind of the first album that maybe a lot of other people were also coming to that conclusion oh, about yeah. at the same time. Like before, yeah. you know, I mean, she was obviously huge and had some big albums and really big songs. But I don't know, to me, in, in my memory, it just felt like when Red came out, people were sort of like, oh, she, Taylor Swift is not going away. She's going to keep yeah. being like this force in the music industry. So it, it seems like kind of your fandom aligned with everyone else's realization of, oh, this is this is legit. Like, this is a really big deal. Yeah. So it got pretty exciting. Because prior to that, I mean, I definitely would not say she was underground in any capacity, but it felt like a little secret of mine. But by the time Red happened, it was full blown. All my friends in school were in yeah. her. And it That's was, out of the bag. Big deal. Yeah. Interesting. So give us a sense, not really being totally familiar with this, is was she kind of on the country side of things before Red and this was the big move to pop or had she already made that move? Um, She was... I would say this is her first real transition out of pop. The album before this one, Speak Now, was kind of, I, it was much, it towed the line much better, or not better, but it, it was much more in between country and pop, whereas this one really starts to step primarily into pop territory. So yeah, I would say this is the true beginning of the crossover. Mm. Which yeah. begs the question, so is six-year-old Katie, like, wearing freaking cowboy hat and cowboy boots and, like, honky-tonking <laughs> or what? Like, were you a country girl? Did I miss that? I don't know, no. What kind of uncle was so. I? I? There was some horse riding in there, Katie. I mean... That is true. That is true. <laughs> Interesting. I, yeah, there was some horse riding in my life, but I wanted to call myself a country-year-old or a country six-year-old. Okay, so let's let's bring in the voice of Papa Dover here. So, Brent... Um, are you along for the entire Taylor ride or at this point, are you like red comes into the picture and you decide to go see one of these tickets? Like how does a middle-aged dude access this? Is, is it when you go to the show, you're like, 
okay, I'll go with Katie and humor her and my eyes are opened? Or was it like, I'm listening to this album in the car? Do you no, remember? He was like, he was like full on Aaron Rodgers at that recent show. Like just you know, <laughs> singing along. Oh, yeah. okay. No, that, that's not it. it. Katie was eight and a half and Taylor Swift came to Salt Lake City. And I didn't, I don't even remember how or why Katie was so into Taylor Swift, but heard she was coming. And I was, I was just going to do like, literally, I remember the conversation with Kathy, you should take her, honey. Like, I'm just not into that music whatsoever. Kathy, my wife saying, no, you're the concert guy. You are going to take your daughter. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go. And so it's uh, May of 2009 and Katie is like eight and a half years old and She's touring her Fearless album. This is two and, albums uh, before this one. This is two albums before this one. Hmm. Prolific. So Katie's eight and a half, never been to a concert. And I'm like, whatever, I'll go. There'll probably be some pretty cute moms there. I mean, it'll be okay. Whatever, right? Like, it'll, it's not going to be terrible. <laughs> and so, much to my surprise, it's, <laughs> it's in the NBA arena here. You know, it's, she sold it out. I'm like, what's going on? And Taylor's 19 years old, I think, at the time. And uh, it was an incredible show. Like, I didn't know any of the music. I, was, I went in totally cold, and I came out a huge fan. And um, just to bump ahead a little bit, this was back in the day when the local newspaper would write a review of the concert. Yeah. And I remember the, um, the guy who wrote the, art, the article saying, lots of, you know, Queenager girls and their parents were at the show. The kids clearly loved it. Probably the first show they've ever been to. The only bad news for those kids is they probably don't realize it. They maybe just saw one of the best shows they'll ever see in their career, in their lives. Wow. Was, was the review. And I actually sent that review artist, like, or the, the reporter, an email and said, dude, you nailed it. Like, I am embarrassed to admit it, but... I've gone to hundreds of shows, and that was top five for sure. But you also it, thought that was that was just, the peak. Like, you, everybody was like, oh, no way, Taylor I, I, tops I this. Know, I didn't know. I had no idea. I just thought, here's a 19-year-old kid yeah. who just dominated an entire arena with music I have never heard before. Hmm. Okay, I'm paying attention. I know uh, for, for Luke, um, I'm just looking at the track listing for Fearless. Song two, 15. Huh. So maybe, uh, maybe what do you think that one's about? she made a deal with the devil and was just like, hey, every time I do an album, I'm going to I'm going to write a song about how old I am. Her and Adele teaming yeah. up to make albums based on ages. Well, happy and, birthday. And Blink-182 in there a little bit, too. So anyway, let me tell you what. 46 sucks. I just, <laughs> yeah. I'm already looking ahead. Not a, lot of albums, not a lot of albums named 46 or 44 for that matter. So, yeah. Anyway, as a result of that. Taylor kind of became a family act that we all followed pretty closely because it was inescapable. Katie was dragging us through it. And I'll save some of the content, but it's been well worth it. It's been fun for our what's, whole family. Yeah, what's your concert count individually or as a, as a unit, family oh, unit? Um, mine is six. Okay. Soon to be seven next year. And does she only tour? I mean, obviously, it's a whole different thing now, right? She's like she's like rebuilding economies single-handedly with her tours. So <laughs> she, she's not, uh, it's not like uh freaking scary pockets where they do like 15 shows here and then they take two weeks off and they do 15 shows there. I mean, it's a whole production, right? So she only tours once a year ish, right? It's not like you can see her multiple times a year, unless you're 
deadheading it, right? And just following her from show to show. Correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Wait, Katie, you're going number seven next year. Are you hitting like the freaking yeah. Asian leg of the tour? What, what's no, going on? we are going to the great state of Indiana next year, November 2024. For Ares? And she's closing out the Ares. Yeah, she's closing out Oh, so out the Ares tour will go into November of, of next year? <laughs> Yeah, isn't that crazy? Oh, so I was wrong. Like, not only can she not do one tour per year, she can barely do one tour per two or three years because she has so many places to go. Man, she's uh, she's done well for herself. There's there's no doubt, no doubting that. Well, I'm uh, I got big questions about uh, Taylor, the career about Chit Chat Corner, Luke. I want your permission uh, for us to go straight into our top five songs. Sure. Kind of get into this album a little bit and then come back to bigger picture Taylor Love stuff it. that I want to ask. Is that okay? That sounds Can great. Can we do it in a little different order this time? Yeah, let's do it. So the way we're going to run it is we will count down the uh, top five songs uh, for sure. And then there are some topics w- which we can use to potentially talk about songs that did not make the top five. And, you know, that's it. If you chat outside of those boundaries, you'll get kicked off the podcast and we'll end the show right here. No, uh, I'm just kidding. Let's figure it out as we go. Should we figure out what track number five was? Yes. Five. It is track number 14. Everything has changed. All I knew this morning when I woke is I know something now, know something now I didn't before. And all I've seen this song coming in at number five with an overall score of just about 7.3 out of 10. Uh, a very interesting album um, because there's a pretty big jump between this song and the sixth ranked song. There's almost a whole point difference. So it seems like, according to us at least, this album has some real standouts and then kind of falls off a cliff a little bit into mediocrity after that. But anyway, this song has a 7.3 score from us. It has 104 million spins from Spotify that makes it the sixth best song, according to Spins. Uh, we like this song much more than the masses. So, um, yeah, I thought this song was pretty good, all right. I, I gave it, you know, in like the three-star category, which is even more numbers than I probably should be throwing out. But that basically means to me that this is one of the standout tracks of the album, and you might consider putting this on a standalone playlist. This is not a song that you only listen to when you're spinning the album as a whole. And I'm guessing you've got to be a, a bit of an Ed Sheeran fan to enjoy the song tremendously. So why don't we turn it over to uh, Fantabulo guest number one, Katie? What's your thoughts on Everything Has Changed? I think, well, I love this song. I think part of the reason I love this song, however, is the lore associated with it. Mm. At the time, there was lots of Taylor Swift, Ed Sheeran, will they, won't oh. they drama. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they released this song on Red and. <laughs> 12 year old me was losing her mind like so so when i listen to that song i associate it with that lore and also at the end of the day it's just a cutesy fun little song to listen to mm-hmm. you're not thinking too hard about it you're not shocked by the musicality and you're not blown away but fun to sing along to has a nice little tune it's catchy and i will never skip it would you That's- say it's a marvelous tune <laughs> Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, and that's the next song joke, everyone. By Tracklist. Well, let me say two things. First of all, I'm very glad that Katie has stumbled across the first reference of Taylor Swift lore because yeah. that is just a whole other, you know, 
angle and universe out there to the Taylor Swift fandom, the dissecting of lyrics, the uh, you know John Mayer dunking, the whole the whole thing, right? right. There's <laughs> there's a lot there. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so I didn't know that that was a an, an angle on this particular song. So that's very interesting, Katie. Um, and like I, I said, didn't I, even know Ed Sheeran was around in 2013. Like I, what, what's going on with oh, me? Oh, oh, hold on. Oh yeah, he's he opened on this tour. Oh, is that right? Oh, his own material. Never heard the guy before, and uh, he comes out and he does his whole shtick where it's like. Hey, there's no backup music. There's no backing tracks. There's no yeah. other musicians. It's just me, my guitar, and loops. Which he's still doing, and, by the way, which is kind of amazing because he's gotten much more famous since then. And it, he is super talented and just super fun to have him in this song, which is, like Katie said, just kind of a fun song. Are we in the Ed Sheeran subpod? Because I want to say I saw, <laughs> uh, speaking mm-hmm. of Instagram, I saw some kind of reel with him, little interview with Howard Stern. Where he got, I don't really know anything about the dude, but he was like a busker, I guess, in maybe London, um, right. singing on the street or something like that. And Stern was like, "What? What? You know, what do you attribute your success to?" And he's one of the. It's like he could have been straight out of Silicon Valley. He's like, I, I, "You just got to fail. You got to suck." <laughs> and I was like, "Man, I wish I was better at failing." Right. Yeah. Isn't that a weird thing. Meaning Anyways. he's written hundreds of songs, right? And he busked. 80 of them before he put 12 on an album, something like yeah. that, right? That kind By of the thing. way, I wish I was better at failing is the subtitle in parentheses of 46. <laughs> um, my single from this mm-hmm. album. I can picture the album cover now. Yeah. Beautiful. Gloves, what did you think of Everything Has Changed? Uh, I mean, here's the problem. If, uh, listen, I didn't think much of it at all. I, I don't, I had it uh, as, you know, I had like six or seven. A six, um, yeah, which I is think solid. Portland. Yeah, um, it's a good song. The when you get a sixteen song album, mm-hmm. um, I had to kind of break it into two halves, and I spent a lot more time with half number one than I did half number two. Hmm. And it was not my standout from half number two. The second my half. standout from half number two, I don't think is even is making our list here. So well, save it for the topics. How did you guys yeah. feel about the, uh, here's a little piece of the chorus with, with the harmonies. I just want to know you, know you, know you. All I know is you said hello, and your eyes look like coming home. All I know is a simple name, yeah. Everything has changed. All I know is you Maybe we can chorus. use that to talk to uh to katie about the whole taylor's version situation like do you feel strongly about this version versus the og are there i do okay so which one's better oh well i will always listen to taylor's version primarily because you know i'm loyal to my girl i would never yeah precisely i i would never betray her like that by listening (laughs) to the original um I but, think I know what's going on, but can I get the 30-second recap? What's going on with uh, Taylor's version? She had to re-record because some dude on the Masters? Yeah, correct. Yes. His name's Scooter? Exactly. <laughs> Scooter Braun. Scooter Braun. Oh, man. That is... Yeah. His name is Scooter? Got it. And he's making a ton of right. money off of Taylor Swift's millions of dollars? Cool. America's a heck of a place. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Katie. We interrupted you. <laughs> Which one's better? I, I like Taylor's version. A, I mean, musically... It's different, but it's more mature and it's more well-rounded in my mind. 
But Red specifically, I love Taylor's version because of the vault tracks on Red, which were not included mm-hmm. in what we discussed. And that is something, you know, we, we may, may need to circle back on in the future because her bonus tracks when she re-released this have some of my favorite songs, period. The other six. So I, yeah, I yeah. love <clears throat> Let's just let's just contemplate that for a minute, Ryan, to your point about 16 songs. Uh, One of the songs that didn't make the cut, but was written at this time, she gave away to a country artist who won the country music song of the year on this. (laughs) So like her like dustbin song that she doesn't think there's a spot for it. um, Is that good? Like this woman just she just writes so much music it's like crazy. you just absorb her entire discography it's insane the amount of stuff that she publishes and then right, so this is going to be unfair but i'm going to come in from the free throw line with a dunk on taylor which is to say you got that kind of quality in the discography and yet your album title track red is maybe the worst song of all time <laughs> oh what oh my god Oh yeah, that old feeling. I'll give her credit in this regard. You get a banjo and Maserati <laughs> into the same freaking track, you're doing something, I guess. It's, it's and auto tune vocals. I gotta play some of the chorus because that's what really bugged me. Okay, sorry. You, these are it, some bad it's things. a production <laughs> choice, and I am not a fan. That that's as simple as it is. How did we end up on red? Oh, it's you brought it I up. Knew I had what well, we had to talk about. <laughs> this is the song you named your album after. What the frick? What are you doing? How you can see how because it sets the aesthetic up. It's mm. that red, the red lipstick. It's vintage. We're going to the eighties ish. It, it sets up the whole ambiance. It's less about the song. It's about the world it creates. It's a great call. It really is about the lipstick. And I want to ask you this, Katie. <laughs> Does anybody yeah. wear lipstick better than Taylor? Dude, I have tried to wear that. And it's <laughs> awful. It's god awful on everyone but her. Maybe you need the matching hat and the cool cool maybe. jacket. Yeah. Maybe, There's something maybe. going on. I'm I'm telling you. I'm like, I'm like man, girl, wear some freaking lipstick. I don't think I, yeah, I she's haven't not seen another woman wear that. Uh, not scared. There's something going on there. Look, I'm paying attention to the details. I'm not just <laughs> listening to this, that, or the other. All right, mm-hmm. I'm actually getting the whole package. So that's Starlight. We got anything else to say about Starlight? No, that wasn't Starlight. That was everything has changed. Close. That was everything has changed. And into a subpod about Red, which came in third after the from the bottom sub-pod. on our rankings. By the way. I might have been dragged down by old lubbies with a uh, one. And, and me as well. Um, you guys want to hear from hot, hot Takes Ben about, about uh, everything has changed? Cause Give I me did. some Robo Ben, the best kind of Ben. Yeah. What a hot take. All right, Ben coming in at track 14. Here we go. I like that she does these duets. The Taylor equivalent of Dre featuring Snoop or Eminem on his album. But mm. while this song might hit with her target demographic, this actually falls flat for me. Lyrics again are on target, 
But the background chorus on this sounds too contrived, almost like a Broadway musical number. Or a Maserati in the rain, maybe. I don't know. We can take it then. Listen, Katie, if you feel like you've just gotten off a roller coaster, it's because you just did. Uh, you just it's, got off the loop. Listen, I'm, called I'm just freaking, keeping my mouth shut because I'm mm, a guest here ben. and I'm, you know, being respectful. Oh, no, you respect Ben? Freaking trash can Ben. <laughs> You're totally fine. He knows. It's garbage fire. He, he knows what's going on. He gets it. Hey, Ben. We can uh, we can bring Katie's mood up a little bit based on the next track, which she scored very highly. Um, it's actually tied with this one. So we could have put Ed in front of this one or the other way around. But the tied for number five track is uh, track number 11, Holy Ground. I was reminiscing just oh, the other yeah. day While having coffee all alone And Lord, it took me away Back to a first glance Feeling on New York time How can you fit in my poems Like a perfect ride Took off faster than a green light go This is a song that also had exactly the same scores Everything has changed uh, This one only has 64 million spins Compared to 104 million for Everything has changed And 200 something million for I Knew You Were Trouble uh, and we put this as, you know, fifth or fourth overall, and the Spotify spins only put it as 14th. So major discrepancy. We like this song mm. way more than your average Spotify listener. Um, I'll turn it over to Brent at the start. Brent, you got strong feelings here about Holy Ground? I think I think it just uh, speaks to the sophistication of our audience, because this is, um, look, it's maybe stylistically a little bit of a deviation for... Down the middle, Taylor. I called it like but like an maybe. electronic hoedown is what it felt like to me. You know, like it's just got that driving like, boom, <laughs> boom, you know, it's like you could be playing it on a jug, but instead she's like, you know, using <laughs> production to play it. I, th- I think it's just another example of um, she can a- attack a lot of different styles of music. She's not formulaic in her stuff and just kind of a fun departure from what might be her standard. I really dug it. I think I gave it an eight. I loved it. Katie, I think you came in real strong for this one. You remember what you scored it? Um, I think I'd give it a solid 10. I gave it a, uh, a 10, a 10, a (laughs) 10. (laughs) Yeah, you did. Tell us why. Yeah. I'm never, I'm just absolutely never skipping this song here. Here's, let me preface the rest of my takes. A lot of my takes have nothing to do with, um, the specific musicality or the production value, which you know is important, but that's just not my my focus. My general focus is the overall ambiance, the the references, this the singability, etc. And this just checks every box for me. It's peppy. It's fun. It's great to sing along to. It's got a great bridge. The the. Like, oh it just gets you feeling some type of way i love it Uh, i know she varies her set list a lot but is this one that makes the rounds pretty often no actually i mean you mean for for era for live yeah no this did not make it her her decisions this is actually something we should talk about at the end the songs she chose for red were kind yeah. of questionable in my eyes uh, i think we're gonna get into that when okay. we're discussing yeah. perhaps yeah. the lower rated songs on the album because i yeah. saw that same thing from the set list katie and i was like oh those yeah. are some that's, that's that the decision. Was a, okay 
slight disappointment, but that's okay. Yeah, interesting. Well, I have to say, I am fully aligned with my sister Katie here. This song is one of my favorites. Um, maybe unsurprising that it's ranking fourth amongst this crew because it kind of, you know, leans a bit more into into the rock side, perhaps. Uh, awesome, awesome drum line that kind of, or as Luke said, jug line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it, it just provides a really great tempo and energy, and it's it's hard not to just really lock into that. So I think I had this one as a nine, one of my favorites uh, easily. Wow, all right. Loves. How about you? Uh, just reminded of, I believe this is uh, apocryphal here. I'm not sure if I got this right, but I believe Prince had some pretty strong feelings. Like, but if you want to have a hit song, you got to have a certain beats per minute. Uh, um, yeah. And uh, this was the song on the album that that jumped off the uh, the album to me. I'm like, mm. oh, I see the Prince color at work here, right? Mm. Um, just hit that hit that uh, bass drum. You just got to keep it going. Come on, yeah. let's go. That that kick. Uh, and it's fun. It's a great song. I, I had it as uh, one of my top five, six, seven. It's like not my favorite song on the album, but really good stuff. All right, Luke, did you already say your thoughts on this thing? I did, but I, here let's play a little bit of the chorus just to you know keep those BPMs up. There's Katie's sing-along moment for you there at the end. I, I also, mm-hmm. I think one thing I forgot to mention is it's kind of old to create a song around the phrase holy ground. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I'm not exactly sure what holy ground is. I just wish I had more of it in my life. You know, like I, there are more, more interesting spots in the world that just seem holy to me. Like, I don't know, for me, whether it's Lake Powell or on the top of Snowbird or places where I met my wife just I think it's kind of a fun um it's a fun mental image tied to a song yeah she is uh the lyrics queen seems to me um she's got yeah a never-ending trove of lore I think lore is the right the right term you use Katie um Let's hear from Ben before we move on to number three. Hot Takes Ben coming in. A great upbeat contrast to last time that preceded it, but it's still somewhat filler. For an album with bangers, this is just a little flat. (laughs) The lyrics still tell a story, but other than the beat, this doesn't seem to have the power of some of the other songs. It feels soulless compared to other songs of Taylor's. <laughs> what a hot take. Dude, Robot Ben is is throwing darts today. Fantastic. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Katie's oh, respect lasted one song. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, boy. All right. We're ready for track number three. Bring it. Three. It is the last song on the album, Begin Again. Took a deep breath in the mirror. He didn't like it when I wore high heels, but I do. See, now I can, I haven't seen Taylor Live myself, but I could picture this one with her, like sitting alone on a stool with just the guitar, you know, in, in the giant stadium and playing this one. Uh, anyway, this is 
our third favorite. Uh, it came in over 7.5 scoring wise, and it has 73 million spins. The uh, Spotify listeners put it at track 10. We put it at track three. So again, we love this song okay. compared to the masses. And uh, yeah, this was another sixer for me, a twangy builder with some slide guitar. I thought it was a nice little send off, assuming you're only listening to the 16 song version of the album, okay. not the 22 song version of the album. But these are the fun parts of, I guess, being being a big Taylor fan. So um, I dug it. I dug it quite a bit. It, it was definitely one of the standouts. Uh, you know, if I didn't say it earlier, it just felt to me like there was like, for me, there was a bunch of songs that were six, seven, eight range, and then a bunch of songs that were ones and twos. And this one definitely fell into the, the higher plateau. So um, we'll pass it to the other Dover this time. Blake, your thoughts on uh, Begin Again? Enjoyed it. I think I had it as an eight, a seven or eight. Yeah. Um, it was a, a nice kind of gentle ending to the album. I have kind of in this vein, you know, sort of chill, very quiet, acoustic song. There's there's one other on the album that I like more and, and rated more highly. Um, so when kind of slotting the songs into all their, all their different categories and whatnot, I, I did have this one just a sl- slightly bit below the high point, but I think it's a solid closer. I think Loves was touching on this a little bit. It's just too long of an album. <laughs> I, I just it doesn't justify the sixteen songs. No, no real art. I don't know. It's hard for any artist to justify sixteen songs. And do you feel like that's because there's like fat to cut, or do you just feel like you're just used to bands that aren't as bonkers as Taylor is, and they don't even think to write sixteen songs? I mean, it's a good point that like I don't well. There are some songs I don't think have aged well, but a lot of the songs are just kind of a really solid, you know, they, they reach a high bar that for Taylor is higher than most other people. Um, but when in that back half, they're all kind of stacked one after the other, where I kind of rated them all <laughs> seven right down the line. Right. It's like, oh, okay, I kind of start to lose steam a little bit. So I think that kind of, you know, maybe is a point or two against Begin Again. But o- overall, it's it's a good closer for sure. Loves. This was on the, uh, the half of the album that you did not spend as much time on. Yeah, here's the pro. So I got this puppy and I've been, I did a lot of my marination on walks. And mm. I don't know that I marinated this song more than a, a half dozen times. And so I'm shocked and kind of embarrassed that it made the top five. It seems like it's just the palate cleanser at the end to get out. I didn't realize that it was going to be like this love affair song. So I feel like I should step back and, and pass the ball to Katie. Katie, why is this good? What did I miss? Okay, first, I love this song. This is a common theme, as you guys will hear. I'm sure I can only assume what the next two will be, and I will say the exact same thing, which is I love it. I can, however, sympathize with the fact that is a bit... Its position on the record is tough. Because we're coming from a bit of like a snoozer, some mellow ones, everything has changed, which is great, but... Mid tempo, starlights right before it, nah, and to a really peaceful one. So if you're just listening to it down the record, that is tough. However, as a standalone song, the story, the lyricism, mm-hmm. it's a bit about hope. It's a bit about new love. It's it's a pretty song. It for me, it's a very sentimental song. And that's why I love it so much. Yeah, I think it, I'm with you on that, Kate. I think it paints a very pretty picture. I mean, here's some of the chorus, which is kind of a long clip. But I, I think 
This might catch you, Lubs, if you're really paying attention this time around. I think it's strange that you think I'm funny cause he never did. I've been spending the last eight months thinking all love ever does is break and burn and end. Put on a Wednesday in a cafe. I watched it begin again. Got the nice little shuffling and drum beat and the and the slide guitar. And it's nice yeah. to close it out with the country twang a bit, kind right. of in a way it rounds off the the record nicely. It is yeah. country, yeah, for sure. Brent, you Brent? got any big big thoughts here? First of all, Luke, thanks for making the references to uh, Spotify. Like that's interesting comparison. Well yeah. done. Well, yeah. it's a definitely interesting considering that you know some of the artists we listen to get. 5,000 spins a month, whereas Taylor's got multiple songs on the Billions playlist. So, yeah, it's an interesting contrast for us. We have a large sample size to compare against. Mm -hmm. Uh, Real quick, sorry, Brent, a real quick interjection. We don't have, um, we haven't hit any of the major singles yet. This is weird. We're a weird group of listeners. I I think I think what you meant to say there is educated and smart and cool. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, that educated, smart, and cool. You know, look. Telling a great story is um, a unique and challenging skill. You've yeah. got to like place, you've got to get details out early to turn so people who are listening can paint a picture in their mind about what's going on. This is her superpower, right? Like she somehow paints a canvas with words that all of us can fill in the scene that we're seeing. And you know, on All Too Well, she does it amazingly well, like maybe best ever. This is maybe second best ever, in my opinion. Like, this is super good, flawless storytelling, effortless singing, beautiful music. And it's an upbeat song at the end of an album that's got, you know, a bunch of breaking up and it's falling apart and there's some challenges and blah, 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 all this other kind of stuff. So I think its placement in the album is brilliant, even if it does get kind of lost in the depths of it all. Yeah. Let's ride the roller coaster. Ben, coming in. Pretty song, and I enjoy the slide guitar on this. Feels like earlier pop country Taylor. Not going to get a lot of spins in my rotation, but I don't dislike this one. It's background music for a TV show montage of a character at his funeral. Thanks. Wow. AI Ben. So many, <laughs> so many places AI that we get ben. to go with, with AI Ben. It's, it's great. Uh, AI giving the emotional inflections is amazing. It's so yeah, good. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's they're, learning. They're, it's they're getting, getting better. Yeah, gonna, it's all fun and games all. until AI Ben calls you. He's like, I'm in jail in Peru. I need my social security <laughs> number. Help yeah. me. And then you freaking your bank account's empty because AI uh, Ben got you. Actual Ben great. chiming in saying AI Ben is better than regular Ben. Ben, don't don't do that to yourself. I'll I'll copy that into one of these into the robot and I'll Wait, have the robot say that. Ben in the chat. Yeah. What's up, Ben? We got hot takes Ben up in What's here. Up, ben. Yeah. Um. All right. Are we ready for the second best track on the yes. album according to yes, the, the best panel in the world? Uh. Here we go. Two. Mentioned moments ago, it is track five. All too well. I walked through the door with you. Cold, 
not going to have that scarf by the end of these next 10 minutes. Um, this is the number two song as ranked by us coming in at above an eight, five very high scores for this track. Ooh. We're finally into the top five tracks, uh, as scored by Spotify. This song has 189 million spins. It is placed at number four overall. So we like this song more than the masses, but only by a little bit. So yeah, let's, uh, let's pass it back over to Katie, uh, to tell us about a, a song that I'm pretty sure is almost a hundred percent lore. It's like 2% music, 98% lore, right? Yeah. I mean, the Taylor Swift fans have just gone crazy with all too well. I remember when I saw this, when I saw red live, in 2012, before she played All Too Well, she said, like, this is a song that I had no idea that people would love so much. And it was really special for her that the fans just gave it so much traction and got so into it. <laughs> um, so, I mean, right off of the release, it was a huge deal, unanticipated, but a huge deal. Uh, and then rumors started swirling that there was more to All Too Well and that she cut some lines and people were getting very intense about this and so when we learned that she was re-releasing her music immediately people knew what that mm. meant which is 10 minute all too well and so uh there of course there's the lore surrounding jake gyllenhaal boo oh is that jake what the song is about okay oh my gosh yeah boo. um lore update. So there's the lore surrounding like their relationship boo, there's the lore surrounding man. all the lyrics yeah boo <laughs> and then there's the lore surrounding um, the song itself and all the versions of it. Well, I just linked to her recent SNL performance one year ago, two years ago, whatever time is a flat circle. Okay, now. Glad you bring it up, but tap me in. She, she did wait. this one all ten minutes on SNL with a video playing in the background. Loves, tell us all about it. Okay, so I wake up on Sunday morning, and at this time, I I still had Twitter X as they call it now, X. and I was like. Oh no, Jake Gyllenhaal's dead. What happened? Like he's the number one freaking trending topic in the world. And I'm like, no, he's dead. What happened? I freaking, he's a great actor or whatever. Actually, I don't care that much. If it, like, Jake, great actor. If you die, I'm not going to really cry. Or whatever, Nightcrawler but. is a cool movie. Check it out. But I'm, I'm like, what happened to Jake Gyllenhaal? I'm like, did, I, he didn't seem like a drug guy or whatever. And I open it up and it's like, nope. He was assassinated on live TV by Taylor <laughs> Swift. And so at this point, uh, I don't think we've got a sub for Taylor. I don't think I know much about Taylor Smith, uh, Swift oh, at this point. Hold on. Wait, the, there was a great little thing there that uh, listener Christopher sent me that I need to play right Christopher. now. You son of a bitch. Uh, this is an actual clip from, I'm guessing, early in Taylor's career. Congratulations. Have a wonderful time tonight, Taylor. Thanks. Taylor Smith, everyone. Thank you, Taylor. <laughs> There it is. Okay, perfect. So um, we're, we're into the lore of this whole thing, right? So yeah, I, I, I was like, I got to go watch this video. And I watched it back then. I was like, what, what happened that this guy? So this is why it's all, I think people are oftentimes justified in mocking her a little bit is she's an incredible storyteller. She's got the superpower, Brent, no doubt. Yep. But she's leveraging like a 90 day, a hundred day, like a summer fling with Jake <laughs> Gyllenhaal into like one of the all time great breakup songs. And so I'm trying to balance that in my mind when I'm listening to this song. I'm like, man, there's a real heartache here. And then on the flip side of it, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, get over yourself. What happened? Like, what possibly could have happened in a hundred days? He was days? making jokes like he was on a late night show and she hated my that. 
my wife could leave me and I'm 20 years in four kids. I couldn't write this song. What the frick? Like just mm. insane. Maybe that's part um, of the superpower. She, she's, she can just feel emotions better than the rest of us, you know, and yeah. like, yeah. transport them. Yeah. Listen, the, as long as I got the floor, I'll just say the reason this is a, a, a 10 out of 10 for me. This song's wow. amazing. A 10 out of 10. Ooh. I will love this song forever and I will ride with Taylor forever. And I get the hype of people, you know, I'm surprised she was surprised that people thought this song was good or whatever. Because here's the thing that jumps out in line, lyric number one. Okay. I'm all over the place, I know. But, like, if you watch that uh, Ray Charles movie with uh, Jimmy, <laughs> Jamie Foxx a bunch of years ago. Uh, uh, sorry, it's Jake Gyllenhaal on that one. Sorry, buddy. No, Jake <laughs> Gyllenhaal famously played. Uh, Ray Charles, Rodney, yeah. Uh, uh, whatever. Okay, whatever. So, uh, so um. Ray basically in that movie is like he wants to make this pivot and wants to make a country album. Do you remember that, Luke? Yeah, right. I do. And, and he, well, what are you doing? Why do you want to make a country album? And right. he's You're like, tell the best stories. That's why I want to. And that's the thing that jumps out. I'm like, man, the country DNA with Taylor and the the lubbies that loves Cracker and that loves these other <laughs> bands, Luke. Yeah, I, I love myself a narrative song, and yeah. this is like at the very peak of narrative songs, right? Yeah. And what's happening in this song is she is summoning, whether she knows it or not, I think she does. She is summoning all of the senses in this song. You're listening, right? But dude, she's walking through the doorway. And she's in this house and it's like you walk into somebody's house for the first time, you're like you're taking in the tone of the lighting and the smell of the house and the whole thing. And that the, the scarf has the feel everything. Like the five senses are completely wow. activated as you're listening to the song. I'm like, I'm in this freaking moment. You're running a red light, like the panic of like looking like, oh yeah, he was just staring. I'm like, this is an amazing songwriting tour de force. This song is unbelievable. I can't believe how good it is. Oh my gosh. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Most songs go what? Verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. Yeah. You nailed it. Right? This song, it, it's absurd. Verse one, verse two, then a little pre-chorus, and chorus number one it has something unique in it. Verse three comes up in a pre-chorus, then chorus number two that has a slight tweak in it. And incredible bridge, another verse, another chorus with another uniqueness. And then maybe the greatest outro of all time, where she sings the unique reference to the three previous choruses. Like, she brings the scarf back at the very end mm -hmm. that your brain was set up in the beginning you th and you get the massive dopamine hit in the song where the scarf comes back at the very end and ties this whole thing together. But then you get the dopamine bonus by she goes into the outro and sings Wind in My Hair. I've got, I've got that for stairs. you, Brent. You want to hear and a little bit of that? It was rare. Like, it's brilliant. <laughs> Here, it's brilliant. I, I captured some of that crescendo for you. Here you go, Brent.
I will say the thing that blew my mind is I've marinated on the five minute version, you know, for the last three weeks or so. And then I went and watched that video just yesterday. And I was like, how does she even remember like which stuff to leave out and which stuff to put back in? Like that was a, a miracle in its own right to me where I was like, this is like some weird transformer Lego building block of a song. And she, you know, yes. had it all nailed. So yeah. Um, Luke, no. you gave me an idea. I, mm. Just randomly, I, random idea. I, I want to do. I want to make a YouTube video where I splice these SNL um, performance with Indiana Jones Temple of Doom, <laughs> where Jake Gyllenhaal's head is put on the dude as freaking Taylor Swift <laughs> reaches in and grabs her heart. It was like I was there. <laughs> it was rare. This freaking beating heart. She's if like, only right she there. had She's worked. Like, if only she had worked Kali Ma. Jake, a hundred days and the rest of your friggin' life, you're the bad guy, you asshole. She freaking eats the heart. That's what I want to make. <sighs> yeah. Okay. We'll put that down for the for the video version of the podcast. So, uh, Blake, have we heard from yeah, you on me, All Too Well? I'll chime in very quickly here. Um, it's a great song, probably one of her best um, for all the reasons that y'all said. Um, so I love it. Rated a ten. Well. As our rating scale describes, never, never skip it. I will, however, skip the 10 minute version, which I have to say the fans have deluded themselves into thinking is better than the original. And it is simply not. It is just it's too wordy. It's too long. It's it's fun. I totally get the lore. Like, I can totally understand if you were in that moment where you're like, oh, my gosh, there's a secret version of everyone's new favorite Taylor Swift song and right. it's been unearthed after like I totally get it. It's it just clumsy. objectively worse. <laughs> so, so that's Apparently, what I with this song. She originally had it as a 16 minute song. Good gravy. It took her a year and a half with some brand new producer to break the thing down to the to the version. Thank heavens. Thank you to that producer. Sourpuss. Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. C plus. <laughs> Wait until she goes into her jazz phase of her career, and yeah. man, she's yeah. gonna have multiple sixteen-minute songs. I'm gonna struggle with that. Yeah. I got two questions uh, as we round out this section of the old pod. Uh, I got first one based on the uh, the SNL thing. I was a little shocked at how reedy and wobbly and not strong her voice was live. That's wrong. And That's I was well, Katie. I, listen. I, I know what I heard, and I invite you to go back and listen. There are moments in that where you're like, wait a minute, and this is and this is the question I was building to. Taylor Swift, great songwriter, average vocalist? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think she's gotten I, a lot better. I don't think you think Taylor Swift and you think that she is some Adele. That's not the case whatsoever. But I think her voice is good. It's borderline great. But she just simply does not need to have some knockout voice to. Well, and the other thing is she's not. Her she's always singing live, right? Like, I mean, she's using backing vocals here and there, but she's never gonna like just yeah. even come close to lip syncing or just mailing it in, right? I mean, I think that's the the trade off there, loves, right? Right. It's it, the trade off's a great point. Like, if you're building a pop star and you've got like, okay, here are all of our categories: voice, look, songwriting. Uh, whatever marketability, understanding of the business, like live performance ability, all these kinds of things. I don't know that voice necessarily even has to be a 10, right? Right. Yeah. Hmm. She's living proof of that. Anyways. All right. Well, let's uh, hear from Ben who is already calling a shot and saying that he's about to get roasted for this take. So uh, apparently Ben doesn't know about the lore. Here we go. Nice song. 
kind of forgettable in the middle of the album. Again, <laughs> a song that would rank Jesus. much higher on my teen daughter's list. But for me, it's just meh. Oh boy. Oh boy, Brent. Or, sorry, Brent. I, 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 I owe you many apologies for that. should never cross those names. Um, Apparently, Ben, do not meet me downstairs in front of the freaking refrigerator light. Um, <laughs> again, the five senses engaged, refrigerator light, very distinct. I can see it. I can feel the cold air. I can feel yeah, Ben's I warm embrace as we're dancing. Um, I mean, come on. That is amazing writing. Also spoken like a like a non dad, right? I mean, close the fridge. What are you guys do, even doing? Close <laughs> the much fridge. Energy that wastes. <laughs> All right, we're uh, we're coming up on on an hour here, so we're gonna keep it moving. Um, track number. Oh, hold! I gotta get my my lady to say it. There we go. One. It's number one on the track list. It's number one in our hearts. It's State of Grace. There we go. Play the blues. And just because I already played that clip, we'll play the chorus too. Pretty good vocals there. So um, good. Yeah. All right. This is uh, track one. We scored it at a 9.14, easily the highest scoring Ooh. track on the album. Uh, this is a 95 million spins, uh, which puts it at number seven overall rank, uh, according to spins. We uh, love this song compared to the masses. We think the masses are, are morons for not liking the song the way we do. And uh, little tgp history this uh was a sub from brent back in season one and i was the lone nah this thing almost made the guilds yeah um i still am not i'm not gratefully to raid it up well yeah and it made it's probably the beginning of why brent's favorite playlist is actually the fork so there you go um yeah i think it would get my yes vote today i I scored it at uh at a seven uh, which I, you know, I realize might be blasphemy to some of y'all, but that was that's a high score. That's three stars, four stars ish range. So uh, I dig it. I think all the production choices on the song are great. I think it's a great opening track. I can totally see it blowing doors down if this was track one uh, of a concert or maybe track one of the encore. It it can do it all, right? This this song can play every position on the field. So kudos <laughs> to you, Taylor. You wrote and produced uh, a hell of a track, Brent. You uh, were the OG submitter many years ago. What are your thoughts on this album? Now that you've even had a couple more years to marinate on it. I've always loved this song. Um, I have a vivid memory. This album came out. It was kind of a family event. We were playing it uh, throughout our house. And Blake was in his room studying. And he came out of his room and he said, Dad, what is this song? (laughs) Uh, Because... Deep U2 uh, fandom was was uh, pretty substantial at the time. Little Dover lore like... being injected into this story. Wow. I, I don't remember that, but love that. Oh, I distinctly remember it. Um, <laughs> you know, it seems like Edge produced this song. I know he probably didn't, but I live for the day when there's a T-Swift U2 
dual version of this live somewhere and i promise you i'll be there when that happens <laughs> yeah <laughs> hell yeah that's so true i mean it, it it sounds from an instrument i mean good job past self for uh, quickly identifying the, the brilliance <laughs> of this song it, i mean yeah if you just strip out the vocal and listen to instrumental it might as well be a demo from you know all that you can't leave behind or something like that and <laughs> Uh, we have we have some U2 fans on in the family, in the pod, if, if y'all haven't gathered by now. So this is like Blake Dover, Fingerprint, Central, guitars, drums. Um, and then the secret sauce for this song, and thankfully it was in included in that clip that Luke just played, is the backing vocals, the um, harmonies, the sort of intonation of them, the way that they're spaced out, the rhythm of them, are like musical crack that is that's swedish music produced masterpiece but it's it's probably taylor swift nashville musical produced, production yeah. masterpiece yeah it's those backing vocals like <laughs> they're fantastic they are the best part of the song and i will always love listening to it because i'm like waiting for that chorus to build up and i'm waiting for those backing vocals to hit and it, my enjoyment of it is the same every time, which is about as high as you can get when listening to a song. So freaking love the song. It will always be my favorite Taylor Swift song. And even though this album has some highs, some lows, everything in between, uh, I will always super, super love it for the fact that it has State of Grace on it. So I'll, I'll drop my mic on that. Oh, Amber. Oh. Uh, Katie, where do, you, where do you live with this song? Yeah, I mean, my... my father and brother they've said everything that needs to be said i don't think i have anything <laughs> i can contribute <laughs> they've nailed it um, i'll tap out there too it is, so good it's a shame to me that the rest of the swifty community does yeah. not yeah view the song in the same light we do i really do think it is because we come from a youtube heavy family and since right. the day that this album came out we always talk about how this reminds us of you too. So I think it's particularly special to this group of listeners because of that reason. Uh, but yeah, generally I feel like it's pretty overlooked among other fans and other listeners, which is a shame because I mean, it's best of the best in my mind. Yeah. I take a 10 minute version of state of grace though. Right. Let me tell you what <laughs> solid anthem rock. Yeah, no, I, I, I can, I can dig it. Um, I think, Hot Takes Man is going to be in alignment with you all on this one. So here we go. More earwormy than I would have thought at first. Good build. Vocals take center stage, but has all the elements of a solid song with good tune, good chorus, good background vocals, good lyrics, and even little flourishes both in the singing and the instruments. I wouldn't usually skip this one. There you go. Middling, <laughs> yes, is what it sounded like to me. <laughs> you're the best. Uh, you're, the best. you're knocking it oh. out of the park, Ben. Um, okay, well, f with that, we should uh, move into the topics, yeah? I mean, I think we've already done the... Uh... If you're going to pick your favorite song, and you must pick just one, is there anybody picking anything other than State of Grace? I'm going all too well. No. All too well. I would maybe I'd maybe do all too well. Okay. I'm going all mm. too well just for the uniqueness wow. and the brilliance of the storytelling. Right. It's just so vivid. It sounds like the yeah, the top two are clearly called out. The the, the scoring spoke to that. Um we did have uh the mastermind Natalie voting on this as well, so she's contributing to these scores. So we've got uh 
a decent variety of uh, Taylor fandom that seems to add up to, I think, a pretty a pretty decent list. What's up, uh, Nat? What's up, Nat? Uh, next topic is... You know what I'd rather listen to? Myself being shot in the face. Oh. The panel's me, uh, least favorite song. It's time to unload. Yeah, Blake, get let, in there. Let me jump in, Luke. Uh, Sister Katie has got to bounce here, ah. so we will bid her adieu. Katie, Katie any closing well, thoughts? Well, well, yeah, really quickly... I Knew You Were Trouble is maybe one of my least favorite songs of all time, <laughs> yes. period. I, it's awful. And I, it, you know, it pains me to say that, but it's true. <laughs> Katie, um, what if the, what if the chorus time... was... One second, Katie. We'll what, if ahead, the cor- what if the chorus was sung by a screaming goat? Thank you, Lou. YouTube video. Do you like it any better now? <laughs> Honestly, I might like that version more. It makes me happier. It makes me smile. Got more, more energy. Yeah. But like even she played that song live during the Eras tour, and I was trying so hard to get into it in that moment. I just, good God, I just simply could not. Um, and the other, the only other song on this album that just pains me is the last time. Holy shit! Like <sighs> ev- I cannot <sighs> do it. And is that the Snow Patrol like, guy? Is that what that one is? I like that. I don't even know. I like that Edward, one too. Whatever. Yeah, I know. yeah. you and, and I are both I into Snow Patrol. It's a hot take. It's a hot oh, yeah, take. No, that one's I know some people really like it, but it just, yeah. It's it dries. Wow, we part, it we dries. part. It's such sweet sorrow. But listen, Katie, you got to rethink that one because it's a... Uh, <laughs> It's no. the ultimate album palette cleanser because you're like, oh, dude, there's a there's a dude's voice on here. What's going on? Hmm. It's good. No. You, you know, as a Luke, woman, you know what it reminds me of, Luke? I, I was, it reminds me of that movie Once. Oh, little Glenn Hansard in there for you? A little Hansard. There we yeah. go. Katie, we'll give you the last word before you got to run. My final word is overall, this is a great album. Uh, personally, this is a pretty, I would say this is in the 70th percentile, 60th to 70th percentile of Taylor Swift albums for me. Okay. It becomes number four or five. Okay. Uh, but that uh, the fact yeah. that it, it contains Holy Ground, State of Grace, All Too Well are for me three songs I will be listening to for the rest of my life. All Too Well will be the number one song that she is remembered by. In 50 years, people know that song, mark my words. Um, and overall, great. Great aesthetic, great period of Taylor Swift. And the, I encourage everybody to listen to the From the Vault songs from the newly recor- recorded version. Okay. Because they are knocked out of the park. Solid mark record. her words. Boom. Thanks, Katie. Oh. Thanks, Katie. Thanks, guys. Tremendous work. <laughs> Thank you. Come back soon. Later. Later. Okay, back to just us men, uh, like like the pod t- typically fest. is. Oh, yeah, great. sausage fest. Um, <laughs> you, Katie, will also be happy to hear that uh, "I Knew Your Trouble" is the worst-rated song by the panelists and all of the voters uh, together. It is the dead last, sixteenth-place song. It is number one in terms of spins with 220 million. Uh, what? Yeah. Oh my God. I don't what? mind it. I don't know you guys. Uh, look, I'll stand up for it. What? She she really fell in love with on this album. I was going to count it up, but I never found the time. I was going to see how many songs have like some kind of triple action going on lyrically. Yeah. 
You mean like, a lot of them on this album. Yeah, you mean Once like upon a time, this? A few mistakes ago, I was in your sights. You got me alone. You found me. There you go. without the me e e e e's not not for me e e i gotta uh, revisit this song there's some no, strong you, you recommendations don't. there you don't it's here's the thing and and this maybe this gets into the discussion about the album overall is there was some chatter we've been marinating for a while on, uh-huh. on this album and there was some early chatter i think maybe coming from luke maybe coming a bit from me which was when you know when the album was tossed out red i was like oh my gosh I had always just thought that was my favorite Taylor Swift album because it had State of Grace and all you know all the songs we've talked about. Mm-hmm. And then I was, as I was listening, I was reminded of some of these songs that were on it, and I was like, oh, wow. Some of these really did not age well at all. And yes. they are very, the three singles or pop songs, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, are very two, early 2000s. They're dubstepy. They're like very loud, you know, mix and dynamics and whatnot. And it's... It's kind of like abrasive and not really enjoyable to listen to. And I, I think as she has gone on her pop journey, which has basically been every album since Red, she's she's reined that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And obviously musical trends have changed a little bit, but it's all become a little more refined, a little more precise than I think these songs were. And for that reason, they, they age pretty poorly. So I, that's what drags down the overall album for me. And I think I also had that song pretty pretty low in the ratings below yeah. five for sure yeah i'm with you loves you still want to ride for for trouble i don't I, yeah i mean i'm not gonna fight you guys on it. it's <laughs> it's just a, it's a pop song it's like okay i'm sure she's working with new producers or whatever and they're like let's go let's go big here little i have literally no idea what the, i think that's what they were going for yeah yeah um to me having not so these are the songs that begin to enter your consciousness when you're not um, side by side with a you know ten year old girl in 2013, and they're starting to permeate place, and you're like, wait, I think I've heard this before, and it's just catchy enough, which is what they have to be for pop songs that you're yeah. like, oh yeah, that trouble song. I oh no, I it's a, it's earworm for sure. I mean, but I don't think that's a good thing in this case. So. But having not like ever subjected myself to it in in long bouts, when it would come on this, uh, you know, for me, I get past red, and I'm like, okay. I'm even I'm even stoked for I'm 22, you know, I'm like, let's go. <laughs> no, let's it's roll. not me. 22 is also one of the worst tracks on the song for me for on the album for me. That was the one that cued me to say that in the chat, Blake, where it's just I, mm, I feel yep. I feel old and Taylor feels extremely, extremely young to me. Yeah. Okay. So just... this raises uh, the big question I want to ask the panel. This is these are some of my chit chat corner questions. Mm. Songs like that really jump out as, as kind of like a of their time. I mean, she's twenty two. She can write that song. It's fine. Yeah. And she's gonna write. I'm forty six, and suddenly everything's breaking, and it sucks. <laughs> okay. We know that's gonna happen sometime. <laughs> what is the future of her career? Do you think that she's gonna be doing this level of fame for the rest of her life? For, is from she like on? Bono level? Yeah. I mean, don't you think that the Eras Tour yeah, has totally. fully solidified? I mean, I don't even look at her as like a musical artist anymore. I look at her as just, it's she just can like just do culture. whatever she wants with her life yeah. forever now. 
and she'll make money doing it. Like, did you hear about what she did with the the movie release of the Eras tour? She filmed a bunch of the LA shows and, you know, obviously hired some amazing producer and director and editor to put it into a movie. And then she is big enough that she was just like, I don't even have to go through a distributor. She just called AMC directly and was like, yeah, I want to show my movie only on your screens, only on these times during these days. And of course it's on October 13th because Taylor, um, but she didn't even have to like go through a distributor. Like she's just like, Oh yeah, I have this footage that is going to make whichever movie company I call billions of dollars. So here I go. And she called AMC and AMC freaking answered. Like she can, she can do whatever she wants. And I mean, to keep adding on to the whole, like, Hey, red in 2012 feels a little dated now. It, it to her credit, you know, Natalie was saying like, she would love for us to do album of meat about uh, folklore sometime because what a, oh, what yeah. a difference, you know, like oh, we already yeah. gilded a folklore song. Like we clearly love it. And that's what 11 years, 12 years, that's you know, can do for, for her. Like she's, She's doing what all the uh, the bands that we like do: Radiohead, U two. Everybody, you know? calm down on freaking folklore album. Nah, I can't I go back to back Taylor album meet. Okay, no, no, no. We're not saying now. We're saying like next season. Seasons. Yeah, no, no, no. no, no. no, no, no. Like, give me like twenty twenty five. I think I think folklore would turn you around because number one, it doesn't have sixteen songs, and number two, like it is much more aligned with the kind of music that we seem to like today. That is of a more toned down, stripped down version. So. My long answer to that was a long answer, loves, but I, the short version is she can do literally whatever she wants in whatever industry she wants. I mean, she's just she stamped that ticket, right, Brent? You think she called AMC because she's Diamond Hands? <laughs> <laughs> to the moon! Hey, hey, loves. Here's a up, Dove? small percentage chance. What if this tour is her swan song and she's just done? Yeah, well, she certainly could. How do you top this thing? You go and sell. 250 350,000 tickets in a city. It, tickets. It's tickets. There's no there's no tour that's ever been like this, right? And I kind of want wonder if she just does like the song she wrote about the lucky one on red, right? Like if it's um some shout out to stars of the past who had it really big and decided, you know what? I'm just done with all of this. And boom, they're gone. Well, that's, yeah. that's totally her prerogative too. Right. I mean, I can't even imagine she's got like Apple level money in her bank account. Right. I mean, it's just yeah. silly. Yeah. The problem is she obviously just dreams in songs and she just. Right. Yeah. She, she's obsessed with, she has to get music. it out. <laughs> so, right. She has to get it out. Yeah. 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 Um, I would like to she's turn like it Wangro. Uh, what <laughs> gotta get it on man gotta, gotta get it on um <laughs> i would like to while we're still in that rather get shot in the face i would like to know if uh, if any of you uh, here's the track that i'm going to reference first of all barf uh second of all i would like to know if any of you would like to uh, you know improv a, a pharmaceutical ad with me Here at Johnson Pharmaceuticals, we care about your health, and we want you to get the right pills at the right time. So don't forget to ask your doctor about Stay, 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 the best pill for whatever disease you might currently have. Incredible, but not limited to destruction, diarrhea, explosive vomiting, etc. All bad things. Don't forget to ask your doctor. 
I've got a defense of freaking this pharmaceutical drug. Dude, that song um, blows. But I have my own version of this. So I, Anna, little, little girl Anna, who's now 10, where Katie was when this thing came out, mm-hmm. like two years ago, she finds this song, this cute little stay song. And I'd never heard it before. And I, it's like, okay. But she and I, she's like, Dad, can we play stay? I'm like, okay, great. So we're listening to stay in the car about putting on the football helmet and getting in a fight and the whole thing. It's the most adorable experience. So I was, you know, thinking about little Katie and Brent and I'm replicating that experience, you know, 10 years later. Yeah, That's fine. It and, still sucks. And if I can um, <laughs> jump in here on maybe one of the reasons why Taylor's so popular. Um, Ryan, you kind of raised this question a while ago, you know, Taylor's slightly dorky, right? There's just a little, Oh yeah. Ever so. Like, That's what makes her endearing, right? That's why she has the freaking <laughs> like we're seriously yeah. never getting back together, like ever. Like the talking yeah. part during never getting back together, yeah. which I can play a clip of. Anyway, keep going, Brent. I interrupt you. She, but um, I think it makes her approachable somehow. And the other thing about her is, is our family was kind of supporting our daughter, doing what you're doing, Ryan with Hannah. Suddenly, I'm going to shows, and Taylor singing a song called "Mean." which somehow has been co-opted by all the junior high and high school girls who feel picked on at school. Hmm. And they're all kind of yelling at the mean girls right through this song. Or she writes that song 15 where she's like the dorky girl in the band and not necessarily the cheerleader, you know, millions and millions and millions of girls see a pop star who is relatable to them. And then like another weird thing, she, she features her mother in all of her concerts when she tours, like Taylor made it cool to think your parents are cool. I was going to high school. I'm listening to Motley Crue's Shout at the Devil. Um, there's <laughs> nobody singing music to me right. in high school about <laughs> maybe I want to hang out with my family. Can um, we play that? <laughs> I don't I don't have that one ready. You're not going to believe it unless I didn't pre-prepare. Uh, I'll do little, it right now. Little Motley no! Crue. <laughs> no! But no! my point Shout is... So good. Somehow, uh, I, I doubt it was on purpose, but it's a reality. Taylor hooked a bunch of six to sixteen-year-old girls, and those girls brought along their families. And now those families are all going and buying these three hundred fifty thousand tickets in a city times um, eight hundred dollars a piece. Yeah, that's that's the deal. Wow, and it's kind of fun. It's kind of cool. Yeah. She really is like the paradox of Taylor, the girl that looks like the cheerleader, but insists she's the nerd on the bleachers, right? From that Romeo yeah. and Juliet yeah. song, right? That's great. It's like, yeah, but Taylor, you're the cheerleader. Like, right. You're popular. Figure it out. Realize that you're yeah. popular and that all these people like you. But I don't think she was in high school. Yeah. N- nowadays, yeah. Yeah, but- yeah. No, you're right. Obviously, there's some history that led to her being how she is today. Um, I want to call out one more topic, uh, which is... Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome! Uh, it wasn't all puppy dogs and rainbows from the listeners. Uh, Dear Christopher wrote in... I don't want to sound like the old guy making fun of Taylor Swift, but each song is basically scenes from a Hallmark movie. The whole album <laughs> is safe and is relatable only because the topics are so broad. I did not like one song on this album. Yeah. <laughs> Christopher, not a fan. Wait, there's some truth to that. You son of a bitch. 
Uh, Christopher crashing through a red light with the guy. <laughs> what? No. Come on. Christopher voted uh, unilaterally, and and uh, it, it, I, I, I didn't end up counting his votes because there wasn't wasn't a lot of variation there. So appreciate the participation, Christopher, but uh, <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't make it into the final cut. But I get it. Like you know, the guy that brought us Jane's totally. Edition, which I also enjoy. You know, the 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 cheerleader slash nerd, not his cup of tea. So makes sense. Um, I also did want to call out one thing that Ben said, which I had already pulled the clip for. So uh, here we go. The plucked guitar with the acoustic. Oh, sorry. This is for sad, beautiful, tragic, whatever that sounds called. Yeah. The plucked guitar with the acoustic rhythm reminded me of the cure and Mazzy star. Perhaps she was channeling her inner depression. I keep waiting for her to sing fod into you for this <laughs> cure lover. It's not enough sap for a truly sad, beautiful, tragic song. It is pretty, though. I could put on a playlist with depressing songs for overcast days, but it would likely get skipped even there. Here's the song he's talking about. We had a beautiful magic love there. Yeah, star in there. I and I definitely bet. had that in my notes. Or as the robots would sing, fought into you. So, yeah. There you that's go. an all-timer, by the way. That oh, for sure. So good. Yeah. Um, okay, well, that's... Yo, the sign is real simple, B. It says, wrap it up. Any final thoughts before I give us the uh, the final overall scores? Brent? Uh, are we... Uh, Brent? Yeah, Brent. Brent. I'm good. I got it all out. Thanks. All right. That's what we like to hear. Loves, any more of those hot questions you want to get out? No, I think uh, I think without Katie present, the question of Taylor Swift hot or not, um, I feels like just three dudes talking about yeah, Taylor Swift. Yeah, no, I don't want to do it. That's so a problematic we'll episode of The Office. Yeah, we're going to skip that one. Um, it's a trap. Divert. Divert. That's a trap. Uh, yeah. Blake, <laughs> how about yourself? Uh, hang on, I got that. It's a trap. There you go. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I think we're good. Let's Let's wrap it up. Let's, you know. Tie a bow on red and then see perhaps what else have we got in the can for today. What else could there be? Let's wrap it up. Yeah, Mr. White. Yes, science. The overall album score via the combined track scores is a 6.47. Oh, Brent should have gone with Back in Black. Yeah. (laughs) That puts it above Jack White, Fear of the Dawn, below Kings of Leon because of the times in our grand experiment. But oh my gosh! I have good you news. Came for in you. under the Kings of Leon, Brent. Yeah, I have good news oh for you, God. Brent. You still have the highest Ooh. overall scoring album in our little game here, uh, the Albums of Meat game, which is you two, Actung Baby, with an eight point five three. So this one. Hey, was let's only... all go to the Sphere and check it out again. Oh, years later. thank you for the cue. Just in case anybody's still listening and uh, doesn't pay attention on the socials, uh, I totally goofed up when the show was. I was watching Billy Madison apparently because what's today, October. The I'm not going to see you two in October. I'm going to see you two in December. Uh, so December first is a Friday. Let's freaking get out there. Let's go to the Sphere. If you can't afford tickets to the Sphere, I get it. My wife was extremely nice and um, spent a, a decent portion of her hard-earned money to to buy concert tickets for me. 
But Vegas is a very welcoming place. Let's all get out there. Let's get the quitters out there. Let's get all the Dovers out there. Let's get everybody we can. And uh, hey, if we can all go see some music together, great. If not, uh, plenty of other fun stuff we could do. Have a little real life meetup that we've been talking about for quite literally years now. So uh, let's plan on that. Post uh, post your section of where your tickets are just in case we I, can. Uh... Oh, yeah. Love to. I will do that on the Discord or somewhere yeah. else. Um, but with yep. that, oh, and sorry, uh, Christopher also sent this in. Uh, it's apparently Taylor Swift laughing, so here you go. <laughs> yeah, she's laughing all the way to the bank. So. Probably should have been using that a little bit more uh, along the way. <laughs> That's pretty good. So, um, We are ready for season six. How's everybody oh, else feeling about season six? I would six? say we are ready for season <laughs> six. We. <clears throat> are you all ready for some previews? Oh, before we do the previews, we've got oh, five songs so that we can start marinating, but there's still room to throw some listener submits into the goit if anybody would care to. The mastermind Natalie will do all the shuffling as needed, but uh, season six is going to start right about now, unless anybody else has anything else to say before I hit these previews. It's a big moment. Let's do it. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> oh, uh, I should probably do like a drum roll or something. Let's do that. Season six uh, reveal. Season six, episode one starts with Keep Forgetting. Track two, Black Holes. Market, frickin' A. Market. Broken down, so Okay, hold on. Uh, Track three, <laughs> for a fool. <laughs> Now just a dim light. Track four, A Love Supreme. Battle on Hum's going to make a lot more sense next time, guys. <laughs> and track five, Golden Hour. It was just two lovers sitting in the car, listening to blonde, falling for each other. Pink and orange skies, feeling super childish. No Donald Glover. There it is. Episode one, playlist number one of season six. Is it time to bring down that cone of silence, loves? Discovery's back. Bring it down. That's I request a cone of silence. Marinate, people. It's time to marinate. Take us out, Taylor. Marinate. Please be nice to us, Taylor's lawyers. We're just we're just guys just doing a podcast. Out. <laughs>